Hello and welcome in to this IdahoSports.com special. It's the 2024 Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Extravaganza. We are coming to you live tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram account, and also the good old-fashioned way at IdahoSports.com. If you just click Game Streams, you can tune into our preview special there as well if you're not a social media buff. My name is Brandon Bainey. We will be bringing in our panel of expert broadcasters throughout the night to break down all six classifications, 1A, D2, all the way to 5A. That's right. We're starting with the 1A, D2 state preview tonight. So let's bring in our, our broadcast crew for the 1A, D2 state tournament. It's the Jones brothers, Gary Jones, Glenn Jones. Gary, welcome aboard. Hey, I'm bad, glad to be here, buddy. Glenn, I'd say it's nice to see you, but I don't want to start the show off with a lie. I know, you know, but hey, you got to go and roll with what you got, Brandon. <laughs> That's right. Well, we are rolling with the 1AD2 state tournament preview special to start. We already have our first comment of the night, gentlemen. Pierce likes to remind me, still snowing in Pocatello. Yeah. Oh, man. No longer a Pocatello resident. I now live in North Idaho where it actually has rained more this year than it's snowed. But overall, I think pretty good weekend weather-wise for travel to the Boys State Tournament. And if you are in the comments, you're a 1AD2 fan, I want to hear from you. Give your favorite team, your favorite player, your favorite coach, your favorite school a shout-out or ask us a question. Throw it in the comments. We'll throw it up on the screen. I want to hear from all my 1AD2 fans. And while we get going here, gentlemen, let's take a look at this 1AD2 bracket. Here's what it looks like, guys. This uh, tournament will take place at Caldwell High School starting on Thursday, four versus five to start. It's Rockland and Cascade. Then the number one mushers from Camas County will take on Clark Fork, the number eight seed. The two and seven up then, it's Kendrick and Deary. White Pine Rivals head-to-head -head in the opening round. And then Garden Valley, the three against Water Springs, the six. Gary, what's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket? Um, probably five teams from last year are back. And the one that is probably, well, Camas County is a new one, but it's Kendrick that comes back, defending state champs. They had one senior last year, one, Jagger Hewitt. And they won a couple of close games. The semifinal and the final were just two-point victories, but still, they won it. They got a lot of experience coming back. I think the seeding's right, though. I think the other good team is Camas County. You know, Camas County, uh, Garden Valley's got a good record, 22, but Camas County already beat them by 15. Camas County beat Rockland, Cascade, and Garden Valley. So I think the one and twos, they figured out correctly. Now we'll see how it pans out on the floor. Yep. Already comments rolling in here. Aaron Held. Shout out to Abe Held from Rockland. Such a key player last year and now uh, stepping up into a leadership role. Let's do this, Rockland. And here's Caitlin Severson. Go Water Springs. Yes, East Idaho well represented with both the Warriors and the Bulldogs. They actually met on Saturday at State last year in the Constellation Final. I was on the call for that game last year. It was a really fun battle. Glenn. I'll put the bracket up on the screen again here and ask you the same question. What's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bad boy? I think it's going to be a, an extremely competitive uh, a tournament the entire way through. I was looking at all eight teams. There's 74 upperclassmen spread out amongst these eight teams. Every single team in this division has seniors and juniors top to bottom. 
I, I looked at the at the at the schedules that or the at the rosters that came in a little later. Several teams have added. They've expanded their roster, brought up some JV players. But throughout the season, from what I looked at, I didn't see any freshmen contributing throughout the year. They might have come up here and there, but by and large, it's it's heavily loaded with seniors, juniors, and a sprinkling of sophomores. And now they have expanded, and there are a few freshmen. So with all that leadership up and down, I mean, anything can happen in this tournament. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be highly competitive. Couple of really good sophomores in our players to watch uh, segment that we'll get to here in just a moment. Um, here is a comment from Cody Thurston. Go get it, Ramblers. You know, Gary Cascade has been a kind of an annual participant at state the past couple of years. They they lost to Garden Valley in the District Three Championship game. Uh, they fought through though and beat Horseshoe Bend in the third place game to earn their spot at state. That's that's another. Last year, Cascade and Council met district rivals in that third place match. Um, and so for the Ramblers, they're kind of making habit of this, of getting to state. The question is, is can they advance on that right side of the bracket and find some success? Well, they certainly had a battle with Garden Valley. They won two out of three. But the great best one was the district championship was double overtime. And I think it was just a point or two difference. So, And Garden Valley is 21-2. and two. I got to – let me – Mike Takar, broadcasting friend, sends his stuff all the time. His sister's Bobby Hazeltine, the great coach of Troy, and then uh, at Walla Walla now. He told me a story. He was at the 1974 state championship game. It was Camas County and Clark Fork. They met for the state championship on March 9th, 1974, in Booth Hall in Lewiston. And Camas County won 76-57. So is my math correct? This will be the 50th anniversary of this game coming up, and these guys are playing each other again. Mike was at that game, said he was nine years old. That's, that's <laughs> nice. an incredible stat. And here is Max Oswald, who covers Clark Fork for the Bonner County Daily Bee up there in, in Bonner County, North Idaho. Let's go Wampus Cats. Now, Gary, this, this eight seed, these Wampus Cats aren't your aren't typical eight seed. Uh, they are a district champion. They had to go beat North Gem in a state play-in game on Saturday. Glenn, you were talking about, you know, all these rosters have a lot of seniors. This this is the year for Clark Fork, right? They've kind of pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. They are led by a group of really talented seniors who have gotten Clark Fork over the hump in terms of getting to state. And so now this is kind of the chance for the Wampus Cats to shock the world. You know, and that's going to be a, a really great game, the second one we have on our docket at 2 o'clock. And I challenge anybody in the rest of the division to come up with two better mascots on opening day than the Wampus Cats versus the Mushers. And I've got more on those on those um, on those mascots, but you got to tune in for the broadcast. But the Wampus Cats and the Mushers at two o'clock, it's going to be a wild one. Yeah, can't give it all away here on the preview show for sure. How about this, guys? St. Mary's boys basketball tuning in. Our 2A preview coming up in a little bit. The Lumberjacks will be cheering on the Kendrick Tigers. There's definitely a connection there with uh, Tim Silflo, the Kendrick coach. Um, you know, has ties to, to the St. Mary's community, and it's a brotherhood for sure with Kendrick and St. Mary's. And here's Chad Heimgartner. Gary, I wonder if he's related to Harley Heimgartner. Played for that Kendrick girls team that won state just two weeks ago. He says, go Tigers. Let's see if you can match the girls team. Yeah, whenever 
uh, you know, the girls team goes out and wins state. That's a good motivator for the boys to keep it up and do the same. Yeah, there's a, quite a few through the years that have done the sweep, and Kendrick has the chance. <clears throat> the thing I'm <clears throat> looking forward to Kendrick is, I think it's Nathan Twight. He was our, that's his first name, right, Glenn Nathan? Yeah. Nathan, yes. He won our player of the game last year as a freshman. A, a tournament MVP, not player of the game, tournament MVP, the whole tournament when Kendrick won it. Right. And when we both looked at each other and said, he's the obvious choice, we go, it doesn't matter that he's a freshman. But this is incredible the freshman can do it. Now, I taught at school for 32 years, and even yourself, if you look at your freshman year picture and your senior year picture and how different they are, what I'm looking forward to is seeing this kid develop over the next four years. If he's that good as a freshman, he's got to keep improving. How good is he going to be when he's a senior? You know, so – and Kendra's got such a problem going. If they're at State, all four of his years wouldn't surprise me a bit. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he – how much more mature he looks now that he's a sophomore. Well, next year would have to be uh, in the 1A D1 ranks. Kendrick is moving up a classification level next year. But, man, football champs, girls basketball champs now trying to do it in boys basketball. I know, by the way, Kendrick and Camas County met in the state championship game in football this past year, and it kind of seems like they're on similar paths. But as we pull up this bracket, guys, uh, we've got Rockland and Cascade. That's going to be a really fun first-round matchup. Two teams that have been to state a lot. Over the past couple of years, Rockland, of course, has Teague Matthews. Can Cascade counteract that size? On the bottom half of the bracket, to me, the most intriguing matchup of the opening round is Garden Valley and Water Springs. Um, Water Springs has some long, lean athletes. We know Garden Valley's got a lot of height as well with Trustin Brown and, uh, you know, some of those guys. Gary, how do you feel this three versus six matchup goes? Yeah, that uh, that it will be an interesting matchup. They've already played each other though once this year, I believe. Water Spring Garden Valley beat Water Springs by four. So you see how what a close game it was, right? So it's just it's it's what I always did when I was a coach. You know, we made it to state. I'd say, guys, it doesn't matter for the best team right now. The state champion is going to be the team that plays the three best games. Might be number one seed, might be number five seed. It could be Water Springs. You know, it's just who's going to play well at state when the pressure's on. Caitlin says, so excited to watch our boys play. That is Water Springs. And it's really remarkable. The Warriors uh, had to remake their almost their entire program. They lost the, the top scorer in school history in uh, Daniel Canfield, who graduated last year. They lost Drew Plocker, a great all-around talented athlete. And, and they've plugged in some guys. Ryan Demkowitz is a really good sophomore. Jackson Aldinger, you know, they've got all these guys they've plugged in. And it's been really fun to watch them develop. Here's Michelle in the comments. Get after it, Mushers. This is a team that's going to D you up and make life miserable, Glenn. Um, they had a little speed bump at districts. that They, they lost to, Dish, uh, to Dietrich in the first district championship game. Um, and that set up the winner take all if necessary game. I think that was a good wake up call for Camas County to kind of get them refocused and realigned. And boy, I wouldn't want to line up against them at state. No, it certainly was. And I think they played Dietrich three times in a span of just like nine or 10 days or something. They lost that game by one point and came back in the championship game and made a statement th themselves. But, you know, and I made the point when, when we were talking earlier, Brandon, in the, uh, in the girls tournament, you got eight great schools in state tournament 
and it just goes for every division. And for me, it's not an upset if a if a six beats a three or a or a one beats or an eight beats a one because these are quality teams. They earn their right to be at state, and you've got essentially the top eight teams in the division that are meeting. And you're dealing with uh, teenagers and traveling and all the other stuff and playing in different gyms. It's wide open. I, anything can happen. So whoever makes the least amount of mistakes and capitalizes on their opponent's mistakes is going to come out smelling like a rose. Well, we uh, speaking of uh, players that uh, will get their roses at state. Let's take a look at our players to watch here at the 1A D2 tournament. We picked one guy from each team, just a starting point. Uh, not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination here. Here's what we got. Troy Smith from Camas County. Tyler Thurston from Cascade. Ethan Howard, the strapping six-foot-three senior from Clark Fork. Tucker Ashmead from Deary. Tacoma Kelly from Garden Valley. Nathan Twite from Kendrick. Teague Matthews of Rockland. And Ryan Demkowitz of Water Springs. Gary, which one of these guys are you most excited to, to see play? You saw a lot of these guys already from years past, but which guy are you excited to watch this year? Well, I'm going after the number one best player in the number one seed team, Troy Smith. We got some numbers for you. He's averaging 15.4 points per game, shooting 46% from the field, averaging 7.5 rebounds, almost four assisted games, four seals, and 11 block shots. The guy is an all, all obviously an all around athlete. I'm looking forward to seeing him running up and down the floor. Glenn, you got a guy you're excited to watch? Well, yeah, there's actually a couple of them. Tyler Thurston, I think um, he can throw up threes like like Bauman did back in the day, and he's really good. Tacoma Kelly has the best name of all these guys up there. He sounds like he's a, he's a Western guy from Oklahoma. Yeah, you, you ever met up with Tacoma Kelly? No, and I don't want to, man. He's good. But the guy I got my eye on is Nathan Twight from Kendrick. Um, 18.1 points per game. 5.7 rebounds, nearly two and a half steals, nearly two and a half assists, 52% from the floor he's shooting. He scored 399 points so far this year with more yet to come. This guy, as we, as Gary said earlier, was the MVP last year. How can he top it? Back-to-back -back MVPs would be a good way to top what he did last year. Okay, that's a good that's a good couple of teasers there for some of the talent we'll see on display here at the 1AD2 state tournament. Um let's talk about oh here's Caitlin from Water Springs again. Let's go Ryan. Shout out there. Okay. Uh guys, it is time to uh make your predictions. Let's pull up that bracket one more time. First of all, Gary, give me a dark horse. We like Camas County, we like Kendrick. If it's not one of those two that's in the finals, you know, who's Who's a potential sleeper in this bracket? Well, I guess I'd say Garden Valley. Um, because they have a very good record. And the problem is they've lost to Camas County by 17. So they're going to have to get somebody's going to have to catch Camas County and Kendrick if they're going to be an upset on a, on a bad day where they don't play well. Camas County, I'll tell you one thing. They started their season with only three home games out of 14. The first 14 games, they were on the road for 11 of them. So they know what it's like to be on the road. They didn't have a lot of home games. And the other hot team for me is Kendrick. They're, they have, they're the longest winning streak coming in. Kendrick's run 12 games in a row. So if you're, you're going to beat the one of those two teams, 
A, you're going to have to play really well, and B, you're going to have to hope they kind of have an off night because I think they're the cream of the crop here in the 1AD2. Okay, so you like Camus, you like Kendrick. If they met, do you have a gut feeling on who would come out on top? Here's what I don't want to do, Brandon. <laughs> You're going to try to make me predict, and I, I refuse to do it. I can't. I'm, I am I have to ignore my boss. Okay. Because we, especially <laughs> in the, the 1As, we sit amongst all these people, and I don't want them to think I'm biased in any way, shape, or form. So on paper, Camus County Kendrick, that's as far as I'm going to go. I don't want to pick. Now, you ask me any other division that I'm not doing, I'm all in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll let I'll let you guys off the hook then. Here's a couple more shout-outs before we get out. Sam says, let's go, Nathan. Nathan Twight from Kendrick. Sam, what's going on? Glad you're tuning in tonight. Matthew Arnold says, watch out for Cascade. He would know. He's actually a McCall Donnelly parent, but McCall Donnelly hosted the district tournament, so he got to see all these teams from District 3 play. And then here's Shug Bradshaw. Teague Matthews is the man. Yes, the football commit to to the great state of Utah and a six foot five behemoth as well. Uh, yeah, Gary Jones. Yeah, he would. He can, and he can He's elevate and dunk. Yep, for sure. All right, Gary Jones, Glenn Jones. We're looking forward to your call of the one A D two state tournament from Caldwell High School. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. Our pleasure. All right, big thanks to all of the one A D two. Uh, fans that came in one more before we head out the door, Ryan Hatfield, Troy Smith's perimeter defense is completely suffocating the best I've seen at state. That's a good way to describe it for sure. Yeah. Camas County is going to be a tough out for sure. Okay. We will take a quick break and come back with our one eight D one state tournament preview. So stay tuned for that. You're watching the 2024 Idaho high school boys basketball state tournament preview special on idahosports.com. Dear all wheel drive. Let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. Brandon Bainey joined now by Joel Richardson. Joel, you and I are going to be on the call for the 1AD1 State Tournament. What's going on, Joel? I'm good. I'm. Can you hear me? Yes. All good? Great. I, I got a nice halo above my head. I'm feeling very angelic. Everything we say is just going to be spot on. We're going to predict the whole tournament. Not Nothing like the Jones guys. We're just going to predict everything, Brandon. I Hey, I love it. I think that's going to be <laughs> – that's a perfect way to set it up. This is the first time you've uh, been a part of one of these, and so uh, it's it's really fun to get you in here. Uh, already a comment before we could even like look at the bracket or anything, and of course – it's from Lapway, Josh Henry, Lapway Wildcats and Lakeside Knights for the 1AD1 championship. This year, the Wildcats will take back the title. Case Why Not has grown into a powerful player from last year, and he will be just too much all tournament. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Let's take a look at this bracket, though. And and if, so for those that haven't seen the official pairings here, the 1AD1 tournament going to take place at Valley View High School right out of the gates, four versus five, Butte County and Oakley. Then it's number one Lapway against number eight Victory Charter. And then the second half of the day, uh, number two Potlatch against number seven Valley. And then the three versus six Lakeside and Liberty Charter. Joel, number one thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket. Lapway. Lapway. Lapway and Potlatch, really. But really, Lapway, what are, what are we going to see? I think we're going to see a lot of their star player, uh, Case Why not? Uh, look, they lost it last year in a, what was it, double, triple overtime thriller uh, or a single overtime. I think Lapway is, they, they stick out. And then Potlatch, 
I think if I'm an East Idaho guy, right? Live out here in Pocatello, but I think a lot of 1A would love to see if you're like a true 1A fan, 1A D1, you want to see Lapway and Potlatch go at it in the final. I think that'd be a great final. Potlatch maybe gets a chance to uh, to upset Lapway. They haven't been able to this year, right? The closest they got was I think 12 points uh, in the second to last game. So I'd love to see a Potlatch Lapway rematch. Uh, same, you know, they they're in the same district for that championship game. Uh, but I will say, Brandon, Lapway Potlatch got to be careful, right? Maybe Victory Charter Valley. We'll see about those two teams, but that that second day, it's always tricky getting to that championship game. Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. And I would I would say the matchup I kind of want to see, and I think I think a lot of people it, it is the rematch of last year's championship, Lapway and Lakeside. They complement each other so well. They they do a lot of the same things. They're very active defensively. They like to get out and run in transition. Star power. I mean, you look at the starting lineups for both teams, and it's just like dripping with star power. I think you know if Lakeside and Potlatch meet in the semifinals, the question will be: Can Potlatch slow down Lakeside? Uh, and kind of grind them to a halt. Um, but in that top half of the bracket, I, I think if it's Butte County in Lapway, Butte County, you know, they've got 10 or 11 guys, Joel, that have all played like pretty regularly. Coach Mindy Gamut runs a deep bench. And I think she did that with the idea of, hey, if we get to state and we see a Lapway or a Lakeside, we've got to have bodies to withstand the, the run and gun that those teams like to do um, for sure. It's going to be interesting. More comments coming through in the chat here. Here's a vote 77. Go potlatch loggers. And how about this, Joel? We've got an actual player in the chat, Daniel Juarez, the starting center for the Valley Vikings. I play for Valley and we are coming. Let's talk about this Valley Vikings team. They had lost to Oakley in the regular season finale to take um, second in the regular season conference standings in district four. They get revenge in the district championship game though. And, you know, I kind of looked at the back half of the season. They kind of, sputtered a little bit early on they were missing pedro robles with an injury but since he came back uh valley has only lost like twice or maybe three times it's been pretty impressive yeah it has been i like daniel juarez that it was six six one forward he's a senior he's got the talent and also the leadership it's huge when you get down to these these tournament games it's so important when you have that senior leadership some of these teams in this tournament are kind of young uh, but Valley, they have a couple of seniors and a couple of juniors, so mostly upperclassmen leading that charge. So, yeah, as I've been looking into this Valley Vikings team, doing a little bit of research, Brandon, I like Valley for sure. Okay, so if we look at the matchup here, Valley is the seven against Potlatch, the two. I got to be honest. Um, I think Valley might be underseeded a little bit. You know, I would, I I would, pro- I would probably slot Valley ahead of Liberty Charter. No disrespect there. And also, you know... They did beat Oakley for the district championship. You know, district results are supposed to have some weight and some meaning, I thought, but I don't know. Oakley still got in ahead of them. Um, that's a very dangerous matchup for Potlatch right away. If there was going to be a first-round upset, and I, I don't really call a five over a four an upset, um, I think Valley's the team that could do it. Yeah, no, definitely. Potlatch, again, I, I would love to see Potlatch Lapway, uh, but Potlatch has got to be careful because Valley is going to be dangerous, definitely. Potlatch's problem is depth. Um, they they play about seven guys a night, maybe eight. They had two players they were counting on that were taller players. Both suffer season-ending injuries. Um, now the players they have are dynamic, right? You've got the the Lovell cousins, 
Jason Everett. You've got Jackson Vowles, who is silky smooth, big, tall forward at 6'5". Uh, Jack Clark, who was the quarterback on the football field. He runs the point. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are point guards in this tournament, Joel. I don't know if you noticed that. Kyler Robinson from Oakley, Josh Hardy from Valley, and then you look at Potlatch and Jack Clark. So you've got the QBs going into the point guard role, which will give a boost up there too. Um, let's talk about the District 3 teams for a second here. Liberty Charter, Victory Charter. The storyline with District 3 in 1A D1 is always going to be can somebody get a win in the opening round? It has been a very long time since somebody from District 3 has gotten onto that semifinal side of the bracket. Uh, if you had to pick who's got the, the – no path is easy, especially for Victory Charter having to play Lapway right away, but uh, is there is there a way forward for them? That's another team that's low on numbers. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to have a hard time if I'm Victory Charter beating Lapway. I think Liberty Charter has the better chance of beating Lakeside. But Lakeside, they're still really good. A lot of got a lot of leftovers from last year's championship uh, team. But I think Liberty Charter with uh, who the yeah, the, the two Lukes, right? One's sharpshooter. The other Luke Starner. He's a low block perimeter scorer. They have a nice mixture of those two Lukes who, who can do damage. If anyone's going to upset, I think it's going to be the Liberty Charter Patriots versus uh, versus the Valley versus the Victory Charter Vipers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in the two Lukes, right? Luke Thomas uh, out front, the guard, Luke Starner inside. Uh, and then, yeah, Victory Charter's got a kid that people in District 3 know, but statewide maybe Noah Palomares. Kid is incredible. He, now, he's only 5'7". If he was a couple inches taller, uh, you know, because he's got the skill and the shooting ability. He's a player that's going to be really fun to watch. And we'll talk about our players to watch here in just a moment. Here's a comment from Howard Wood, hoping Butte County can put together some games for this group of seniors and to build the program for the underclassmen. The community is excited and we'll be following Joel. I shared this with you earlier. I saw on social media, um, the Butte County school district, basically um, they were going to have so many staff members and so many students heading over to state on Thursday for that opening round game. They basically said, hey, should we just cancel school for Thursday and make it up later? They kind of sent out a survey to everybody in the district and, and parents and stuff and like resounding, yes, cancel school. And they said, okay, school's been canceled. Last one out of Arco, turn out the lights. <laughs> Love it. Well, let's all go to Boise. And if you can't get to Boise, Hey, join us on idosports.com. We'll be there. I love that. I love the no school on Thursday, Friday. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna follow these boys. Dude, Butte County, they're gonna be a hard out. Butte County, Oakley. I said this on my on my uh on my post a couple of days ago when they when the brackets first came out. Watch out for that four or five game. That's gonna be exciting. And That's that a Butte County, Brandon. Really sorry. They uh and they are the champions in football, right? One A D one champions in football. Great story there. Uh, from their from their player who is who is hurt badly and he's coming back, so uh, it would be really cool to kind of wrap the bow for for the Butte County Pirates to go all the way. Yeah, uh, that that matchup with Butte County and Oakley, those two played for the football championship this past fall, and there's a lot of guys that on both sides, Isaac Cranny and Kyler Robinson and Cooper Beck and uh, Dallin Hardy, all for Oakley. They all played football, and Butte County's got you know they've got uh, Gamut. And they've got uh, Rafe McAfee, and uh, they've got a lot of guys that played in that football championship game as well. A um, couple of comments here. Sam says, watch out for Luke Thomas from Liberty Charter. And then here's Michelle, Noah Palomares, tough player. He's strong and a scorer and dangerous. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, there. So that four or five matchup to me is the most intriguing of the opening round. And you talked about the storyline with Butte County, right? They won their first football 
championship in school history this past fall. They had to overcome the odds. They had to knock out Oakley, who was looking for their fourth championship in a row, which is just incredible to think about. And then off the field, you know, Dylan Waymeyer, of course, had that really scary uh, medical emergency where he collapsed during a football game, had to be taken to the hospital, long road to recovery, was able to come watch Butte County in Holt Arena in a wheelchair on the sideline for that championship game, obviously still recovering, can't play basketball. Head coach Mindy Gamet says he's actually a guy we were really counting on to be like our center and a post player inside. So we kind of miss him there, but he has been on the bench as basically another coach all season long. So coach Dylan Waymeyer is going to be there for Butte County this weekend too. And, and that's so powerful to have that kind of that, that, that brain and also, um, just that inspiration from the bench. I was there calling the game with Logan Green of the 1AD1 championship game. And when when Dylan Waymeyer, Dilly Strong, when he got up from his wheelchair, Brandon, to 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 hoist the trophy, it uh, we were we got a little emotional, Logan and I there at the did in the booth. So really cool that he's on the bench supporting his team. You talked about those players. Brody Westergaard also. You I don't know yeah. if you mentioned him. He's a senior, mm-hmm. he's a guard. He's averaging 17 points per game. So this this Butte County, it took them a while. They they had some injuries. Same with Oakley. It take it took them a few games to get back out of the football shape and into basketball shape. But they're ready to go for sure. And they almost didn't make it, right? They they had to beat Grace in triple overtime at districts, and then Grace beat them coming back through to force the if necessary winner take all final game. And Butte County finally put Grace away, and it's the first time Butte County's been at state in a couple of years. Grace has kind of had the run of the league for the last couple of years. So it's nice to see Butte County uh, get to state and now they'll try to break through. They did win a championship back in 2013 against ironically enough, uh, Ryan ball, the coach at potlatch. He was coaching cami at the time. So Ryan right. balls open. He doesn't see Butte County anywhere on this bracket might bring up old wounds. Uh, let's take a look at our one, a D one players to watch Joel. We picked one player from each team, just kind of a starting point in the conversation here but here's what we have brody westergaard from butte county you just mentioned him uh tyson charlie from lakeside he is only a sophomore and he is averaging over 20 points per game um he is the leading scorer for that lakeside team case why not from lapway all-time leading scorer in idaho basketball history luke starner from liberty charter isaac cranny from oakley jackson vowels from potlatch pedro robles from valley he's really been the difference uh, since he came back from injury and then noah palomares from victory charter give me one guy you're really excited to watch this weekend i i haven't seen i know it's kind of like a, a boring pick but i haven't seen case play live i would love to see case play case why not live uh, watch Case Why Not play live. I want to see um, his versatility. I saw I was watching some some games as we prepped for this, and I love how he can switch hands. I love his mid range game, and he can shoot it from three. But I want to see Case Why Not play live, Brandon. He essentially averages a triple double, right? He averages thirty five plus points per game, about yeah. twelve rebounds per game, and like nine assists per game. It's it's really impressive to watch. He's very unselfish. This Lapway team in total is unselfish. They've got Elias here out. They've got Chris Bonney down low. Joey Payne runs the point. He's a great player as well. A guy I'm really excited to see play in person. Um, I I I kind of like, I want to see Brody Westergaard. You know, I've seen him play football in person, and I I know what kind of dynamic skills he can bring. Um, I want to see what he does on the basketball court, and I'm excited to see Palomares too from Victory Charter. You know, I look at the stats, I've seen him on film, but like he's just a guy I'm really intrigued by. So I think it's going to be uh, really interesting to watch him play for sure. 
Yeah, um, and, and let me just add, Brandon, anyone who is the, you know, uh, their, what was it, the Western Idaho Conference Player of the Year deserves a lot of cred. So, yeah, can't, can't wait to watch the, the Western Idaho Conference Player of the Year from last year play this year and uh, Noah Palomares. Yep. Here's Crystal. Wahoo. Go bro dog. That's Brody Westergaard. Good luck boys. Go get them. All right. That's our one a D one state tournament preview. Uh, it, we kind of like Lapway lakeside potlatch top three. Do you have a dark horse Joel that could break in? That's not in that top three. Um, Butte County, Butte County or Valley, but probably, probably Butte County. If either of those are going to break through, I'd, I'd go with, uh, with Butte County. Okay. I like it. That's good. Uh, Joel, I'll see you over there in Boise. All right, Brandon. Yeah, thanks. Drive safe, and uh, we'll see you in a few days. Yep, sounds like a plan. Joel and, and I will be on the call for the 1A D1 State Tournament from Valley View High School starting Thursday on IdahoSports.com. All right, we'll take a break and come back for our 2A State Tournament Preview. I know there's already people lined up in the chat to talk and break down this 2A bracket, so we'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. Dear all-wheel drive. Let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. Let's bring in our 2A State Tournament broadcasters, Lauren Jensen and Paul Kingsbury. Lauren, good to see you. What's up, guys? There was a little bit of panic right there, Lauren, when you came on. It was like well, there was. Yeah, it looked like it looked like you panicked a little bit. Oh, I just unmuted my mic. Oh, I just panic when I see you. That's that. It's like oh, flutters a little bit. I well, it. actually, it's more like scary. But anyways, Brandon, take over. You know what's you know what's scary? This two A state field, and you know who's not nervous or or caught off guard this 2A state tournament field because this thing is absolutely loaded, guys. And I know, generally speaking, the 2A fans are the most vocal on the preview show, and I want to hear from all the 2A fans tonight. If there's a team, if there's a player, if there's a coach you want to give a shout-out to, you want to ask these guys a question, throw it in the comments. We'll throw it up on the screen. But let's take a look at this 2A bracket and really start diving into it. Uh, the 2A state tournament taking place at Capitol High School there in Boise. And right away, four versus five uh, district champions from District 6 and District 5. It's North Fremont against Westside. And you got the number one seed, Cole Valley Christian, taking on St. Mary's, the eighth seed. When was the last time you said that about the Lumberjacks? Two right. versus seven, Ambrose and Firth. And then Napa Christian, the three seed, Declo, the six. Uh, Lauren, what's the first thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket? Um, Nampa Christian, the three seed and all those WIC teams. I mean, you've got Coal Valley one, Ambrose two, Nampa Christian three, and you, you could have had new Plymouth. You could have had Melba. So that, that WIC, it was rough over there for all those teams. They were all in that top five all year long, throw, yeah. sprinkle in a couple other teams, but now we get to see how they match up against everybody else across the state. Paul, you know, on net paper, you, sh you should have seen Melbourne, right? Yeah. Uh, except the district tournament happens, and anything can happen in districts. So Napa Christian uh, breaks through. Sorry, Brandon, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that Napa Christian was the three seed, but we were told that district tournament results were going to count in these max preps rankings. And if you think about who they took out on their way, Cole Valley and Ambrose, 
uh, and New Plymouth. I mean, that those three wins right there kind of moved them up to that top three seed line, right? They absolutely earned it. And, you know, a lot of times you look at the district, you know, the district tournament translating into state. Yeah, they, they eked their way in, but, you know, their conference wasn't strong. Not the 2A WIC this year. You know, at one point, the top five of the top five teams in the state were all 2A WIC teams, the top five. And I've never seen that in, you know, my 76 years of doing this. It's it's just been, it, it, I'd never seen it. And, and to have three of those teams on the bracket, uh, one, two, three, it's pretty cool. Now, real quick, before we go any further, speaking of shout outs, I need a shout out to my my oldest son Jackson, who's actually watching this uh, at Fort Polk in Louisiana, getting ready to deploy next month. Uh, so he was he was best camera guy we ever had, producer. He didn't care about sports, so he focused on the job. So you know, <laughs> I, I miss having he was my broadcast partner, but uh, Spud, love you, bud. Yeah, and thanks for your service, of course, uh, as well. Definitely. Um, okay, Pierce in the comments. WIC just beat each other up all year. That Western Idaho conference. They sure did. Uh, it was actually Cole Valley Christian, the number one overall seed, Paul, that almost didn't make it to state, right? They had to beat Melba in the, yeah. in the fourth place game at, at, at districts. And then they had to go play a state play in game, uh, on Saturday as well. They had to play Orofino, the maniacs, uh, up there in, in North Idaho. So, uh, yeah. for Cole Valley, I think losing and stumbling at districts was kind of a good get right loss for them it absolutely was i i've seen them play a couple of times this year um against ambrose once um and they're they're such a, a dynamic team and, and to see the number one seed at state got there by winning a play-in game it, it, it's it's not a good look i guess good way to put it. it it's interesting to have your number one seed get there through a playing game it is what it is they're a very good team you're right they stumbled in in the district tournament they're here um they're streaky. If they're on, you're not going to beat them. If they're all off, I saw them one night where they were all off, uh, and it was a crazy night. Uh, but you know, great shooters all the way around. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's good to see the WIC. Lauren and I are both two A WIC guys. Both graduated from New Plymouth, um, doing the two A. So yeah, we're, we're right at home there. The the other thing is Brandon. I just. You know, talking about Nampa Christian coming around and becoming that three seed, but they beat Ambrose twice in the regular season. Um, yeah. They beat them in that district tournament, but um, they beat them by three as well. And so mm-hmm. they're not like a slouch that came out of there and won that district tournament. Those teams were all right there, and they just happened to get hot at the right time. They're the Rodney Dangerfield of the 2A classification. Get no respect. They get no respect. <laughs> they have. They've been playing very well for sure. Uh, question from David in the chat. Why can't you guys do the state seedings and not max preps? <laughs> Here, okay. I think I think what we've all kind of agreed is that <clears throat> max, pre- max preps is a good tool to use to help seed state, but there has to be a human element, right? I think it's a, a combination of rankings and humans. Uh, computers alone. You know, you can get some wonky stuff. It's kind of like the NCAA, right? When they when they seed the March Madness tournament, right? Yeah. They they have all these computer numbers they use, but then it's also humans that get together and, and seed it out. And so, right. yeah, I think that's going to be the boilerplate response for Max Preps tonight. Um, well, let's with this out there. Real, go ahead, real quick, Paul, sorry. For the two A's, an interesting thing, you know, they cut off 
uh, midnight Saturday night is when they cut off everything, and that's where they get the rankings over the weekend. Uh, well, rankings came out again, uh, just automatically released on on Monday, I believe, and uh, not a lot changed. But one thing that did change was uh, St. Mary's and Firth actually swapped. Uh, Firth was the seven and or uh, eight, and St. Mary's was the seven, so they'd have been on opposite sides of the bracket, and, and that and, and we're not going to get into it, but the records were different, you know, games were added, getting, you know, games were taken away from different teams. And that happened on Monday. Um, so it didn't affect the top six, but it definitely affected uh, St. Mary's and Firth where they swapped seedings after, after they'd already been done. Yeah. And I think they intentionally held back the state play in games because they didn't want that data point to be considered right. Just district tournament results, but Firth won a play in game. So you would think that would only help them. That would, they wouldn't move backwards in that scenario, but right. they, they added that game and they went backwards. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, here's a good reminder from Patty. And this will be a good pivot to what I wanted to ask Lauren here. She said, remember in the state girls basketball tournament, you guys love the Boise teams and not one made it past the semis, uh, for sure. And so Lauren, I want to ask you about that four versus five matchup up top North Fremont and West side. Those are two teams that I think are pretty similar. They defend the heck out of the basketball. They're loaded with athletes. They've got good coaches, Shannon Hill at North Fremont, uh, Tyler Brown at West side. Who's been there forever. That to me is the most interesting first round matchup. I think Patty is mistaken a little bit. I think Paul loves the Boise teams in that girls tournament. I, I was on the other side of things. I actually was picking like North Fremont and Grangeville or something. Soda Springs, I think, actually, is who I picked to win it all. So I don't I know. Cole I, I was still I wrong. Cole Valley, Grangeville. Oh, yeah, I yeah. picked Cole Valley Grangeville in the in the final. Yeah, I, I was still wrong too, but man, we and that's Meridian, by the way. <laughs> but you know, that first match up there, North Fremont they're they're a good four team like a good four seed right yeah. there um they're the district champion out of that district six conference um they're a tough team like you mentioned coach shannon hill he's he's won a couple titles he's got that program moving over the last 10 years they're a great team and and you know west side's gonna have their hands full and whoever if north fremont wins whoever wins between Cole Valley and St. Mary's is going to have a tough go of it the next night. Yeah. Can we talk about this, Paul? I think Cole Valley by getting the number one seed actually got the more difficult path. Does it, does that make sense? Because yeah. you've, you've, you've beaten Ambrose this year. You have beaten Napa Christian, not at districts, but you beat them in the regular season. Firth is well coached. Declos kind of a wild card, but you look up top and North Fremont and West side are both really good teams that Cole Valley, you know, I, I don't know how they match up. And then St. Mary's is an eight. Th this has got to be the most dangerous eight seed in the history of eight seeds. All Brian chase has done in 10 years at St. Mary's is taking the lumberjacks to state all 10 years. And Oh, by the way, uh, the first nine years he's taken St. Mary's to the semifinals. He has never not been in the semifinals at state. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's probably, it's like Princeton. Right, uh, not the St. Mary's is Princeton, but they're the Princeton of this bracket. Uh, it, it would not be a shocker to see them go to the semifinals. It'd be a shocker to Cole Valley, you know. And they're a very good team. But St. Mary's, also, I mean, basically, you can throw the seedings out the window in this two-way tournament. Declo is a team that I could see going into the semis. Uh, all of these teams, it's going to be 
going into the opening tip, Lauren and I on day one are going to be going, man, I don't know who's going to win. You know, no clue. Uh, it's, it's eight really, really good teams. Uh, and it's, it might be the most fun bracket in the tournament. Yep. Here's a comment from Mike Ridgeway. Congrats to coach Jacoby Fox and the Declo Hornets. Good luck at state Lauren um, Declo and Wendell uh, split in the regular season. Um, they both went three and one. They both swept the community school, the cutthroats, and then they split with each other. And so I liked what they did at districts. They have the best of three series game one, since they both tied in the regular season and beat each other, they played at a neutral site Valley high school. And then whoever won that game inherited home court advantage for the remaining games. And so Declo won the neutral site game. Declo won the second game. The final score doesn't indicate how close it was, but Wendell almost got to state and not Declo. So they come in battle tested, I think, and ready to go. Yeah. And they play, you know, with, with that small conference, obviously we talk about that a lot with this district four small conference in the two A's and, you're, it's kind of up in the air. Like, how good are they? Did they just beat up on each other? Are they a really great team? Wendell was really great. Did they just kind of split, like you said, and they're going to match up really good with some of these other teams at state. And so, yeah, I think they're battle tested. They're ready to roll coming into the tournament. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out. Um, here is, yeah, Lindsay uh, from Cascade, Coal Valley Christian. They're good, but not sure about a one seed considering how they got there. Yeah, like you said, Paul, it's a weird look to have your number one overall seed. Almost yeah. not. It's it's almost as weird as uh, not to go back to the 1AD1 bracket because we just did that preview, but it's almost as weird as seeing the defending state champions from Lakeside having to earn their way back to state via a play-in game. That was just right? weird, right? It's very weird, but the way it works now, you take everything into account. I mean, you know how it works. I mean, if, if you're not, go to the Idol Sports homepage, click on tournament coverage, and go back and watch that Max Preps deep dive we did for a prep cast uh, where we talked a lot about how everything works. Uh, go back and watch it. It's a good time. The other thing is, though, if, okay, let's say we're not using Max Preps on these seedings and we're doing something else, how would you change this bracket? Like, where would yeah. you seed everybody? Because you know, maybe Cole Valley one, maybe they slip to two or three and Ambrose. I don't know who, who ends up the one seed because I don't think Nampa Christian, even though they beat Cole Valley, I don't think they deserve to be in the one seed based on their body of work throughout the season. So it's, it's tough to, to seed this tournament. It really is. And then, then like this, uh, this tournament more than any other, the numbers are kind of inconsequential. You can kind of, like Paul said, th throw them out the window. Yeah, I didn't use that big of a word because I don't, I don't even know what that means. So <laughs> inconsequential. Okay. Um, Scott says, if nothing else, watch the Max Preps deep dive for the Christmas sweaters. Yeah, we did record that in December. That is true. Okay. Pierce says, better hear some picks for this tourney. We'll get to them in just a second. First, it's our two A players to watch. We picked one from each team. Uh, here's what we've got. Tyson Hughes from Ambrose, Eli Kingery from Cold Valley Christian, Emmett Gibby from Declo, Gabe Nelson from Firth, great player underneath, Donovan Wiles from Napa Christian has been on a heater since district tournament play started, Jed Hill from North Fremont, Wyatt Holmes of St. Mary's, Eli Brown of Westside. Paul, who's the guy you're most excited to, to watch? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's probably a tie between Tyson Hughes and Eli Kingery. Um, they're guys you've already seen. <laughs> I know, but they're, they're I, I, I didn't get to see Tyson Hughes at his best. Um, the games I saw, he was a little bit off. But I know when he's on, he's on. And, you know, and, and they're at Ambrose. They've got 
three of their top guys are lefties, which I'm a lefty, you're a lefty. You know, it's great to watch. Um, but then Kingery, they're at Cole Valley, 16 points a game. He's a stud. I, I don't know. Um, the Gibster, they're at Declo. He's almost averaging a double-double. Um, all right, if, if I can't go with those two, I'm going to say Wyatt Holmes. Um, 54 assists, 11 points a game, two block shots, big guy with 54 assists. How great is that? It's a team basketball that St. Mary's prides themselves on. Lauren, one guy you're excited to watch here? Um, I, You know, I've been out of eastern Idaho now, at least out of northeast Idaho, over in the uh, Sugar City area for a couple of years now. I really want to see what Jed Hill looks like out of North Fremont. Um, they've had some great players come out of there. Um, they always have a fun uh, offense. And I, I just want to see what Jed Hill looks like now that he's a couple years older since I've seen him last. And of course, Jed and his twin brother, Jacob Hill, right? We'll spark a debate in the How come they picked you and not me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, an interesting no, thing no sibling about, fights. Right. An interesting thing about these players to watch, guys, they're all seniors except Emmett Gibby. He's a junior. So it's a very senior heavy tournament this year. Last year, there were a lot of juniors um, in the state, statewide, um, that were studs, which obviously translates to this year being seniors. So, uh, yeah, seven of those eight players to watch are all seniors with. And, and I got permission to call him the Gibster, by the way. It's not his official nickname, but I'm hoping it sticks. We'll see. Uh, nicknames are kind of an organic thing. You can't force it. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that works out for you this weekend. Okay, Pierce demanded it, so let's get official picks here. Paul, what do you got? Gary, Gary didn't have to. <laughs> well, I felt bad for Gary. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you. All right, I actually understand that. Uh well, crud, uh, you know, we had that one comment where people actually remember what we picked. Uh, I didn't think anyone was actually watching these things. And that's the thing. Like, don't take it personally if we don't pick your team. We do this for fun. And like I said, we love being wrong. If we're wrong, yeah. we, we got a lot wrong in girls' hoops. We come back and own it for sure. So Yeah, and and, and we great friends in St. Mary's, right? Since they've been back every year, Brian Chase, coaching staff, love them. Uh, all these guys. So – but I, I, I don't see Cole Valley losing, so I, I honestly think it might be a Cole Valley-Ambrose final. I picked Cole Valley for girls, and I feel like I'm a Cole Valley homer here. Uh, but I, but I'm, really, I'm really not. Uh, I, I just If, if someone's going to come out other than, than Ambrose, Nampa Christian, if someone comes out other than Cole Valley, um, I think it's going to be a North Fremont. Uh, but... If I have to pick, like you're saying, I'm going to say Cole Valley Ambrose in the final. Okay, Lauren. Well, and I'm I'm just going to be opposite of Paul here, just because. Please. So we cover our bases. One of us is going to get it right, hopefully. But I'm going to go North Fremont because I agree with Paul. If anybody besides Cole Valley is going to come out of the top half, I think it's going to be North Fremont to come out of there yeah. into the final. Um, on the bottom, man, I had Ambrose, but I think you know Nampa Christian's hot. They've already beat them. They ha- they're on a, on a roll here going out of a uh, district tournament. So I'm going to go North Fremont, Nampa Christian. Plus, we have two teams with two names in the final. That's that's what I want. North Fremont, Nampa Christian. Susan, I like Susan says, so predictable. I'm, hey, I'm sure that was which, for which, which one? I think which it's Paul. Is hey, that for you, Paul? Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a small school guy. I live. I grew up in New Plymouth. I live in CUNA, okay? I, I, I'm not a I'm not a Boise area homer. 
by any stretch of the imagination. I promise. I've got more friends around the state. There it is. I'm going to have to shave and have plastic surgery before Thursday now. It's all good, Paul. You're not on trial. Uh, selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, I want St. Mary's North Fremont in the semis only because I was there three years ago when they played in the semis and Colby Renner hit the shot of all time shots for St. Yeah. Mary's and just the history with those two. It'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, I'm gonna okay. Change my picks. I'm going to say Firth and St. Mary's in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> really, really lean into it. Way opposite. You should go West side. Well, I guess you can't do a West side. And yeah. Pierce, yeah. Pierce says, don't let them get to you. This Easy good, for you to say, Pierce. Easy for uh, you to say. Good positive message to end on. All right. Thanks for tuning into the two, a state tournament preview special. Uh, Paul Kingsbury, Lauren Jensen will have the call from Capitol high school this week. We will take a break and we will come back with our three, a state tournament preview right after this. You're watching the 2024 Idaho high school boys basketball state tournament preview special on IdahoSports.com. Dear all wheel drive. Let's show the road what we've got. Yours Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. Time to break out the Class 3A brackets. Let's bring on our broadcast team. It's Logan Green and Lance Taylor. Lance, as soon as I came on to, to bring you on, I saw you get up and walk off camera. I was a little concerned there for a second. See, I was I was tying flies tonight because I'm going to fish the Owyhee River while I'm out there. So you see that? Okay. That's right. Thanks for the invite, Lance. I must have missed it. Um, I don't – it's weird. What? I don't have a text message saying, hey, Logan, come fishing with me in my phone. I was, I was double-checking. I didn't see it. Hey, I'm all for those this, who invite themselves. This is awkward. All right. Well, before just, we get before we get too deep into fishing talk here, uh, let's 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 break out this three A bracket and break it down. And all the three A fans that are in the chat, uh, I want to hear you give your favorite team, your favorite player, your favorite coach a shout out. If you got a question, uh, throw it in the chat. We'll throw it up on the screen. I want to hear from all those three A diehards. Here's the bracket. These games taking place at Meridian High School right away. Four versus five. McCall Donnelly and Teton. Those are two district champions from districts three and six. Snake River, the one. They'll play Homedale, the eight. And then two versus seven. Bonners, Ferry, and Kimberly. And three versus six. Filer and Marsh Valley. Logan, what's the number one thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket? How honestly, how hard it is. I mean, there is not. You look at the first round. Kimberly as a seven seed, they are a solid team. Um, it is going to be hard. Anybody that makes it to the championship game is is going to have to earn it, right? McCall Donnelly and Teton in the first round, like you said, two state champions or it's two district champions, excuse me. Um, but Teton was a team that you know I thought coming into the year and throughout the year that Max Prep rankings would spit them out at a, at a two or a three, but to see them come in as a five. Is, is very surprising. Um, it's This is a loaded tournament. I mean, me and Lance did the same exact tournament last year, and a lot of these teams are the same. Bonners Ferry, they've got a lot of the same guys as last year, and they made it to the finals. Snake River has a lot of those same pieces. Teton has a lot of those same pieces. This is it is loaded from top to bottom, and it's going to be it's going to be very competitive. Lance, what what jumps out to you when you look at this? 
Well, I see a lot of the same things that Logan sees, and I see uh, I see some potential first round upsets. You know, that's what anytime you got a field this heavy, I see some first round upsets. You know, I mean, you look at, at Teton and McCall. Well, that's your four or five game. That should be really statistically your best game of the of the first day anyway, uh, because you got the two uh, you know closest teams on there. But you know, you look at a Kimberly, and that's someone that that Logan mentioned. You know, a lot of the losses that Kimberly had, you got to remember, Cummins was out during that time with the foot injury. Larson was out for a part of that. They're both back now. Larson came back before Cummins did, but that's a different team than the team that lost a bunch of those games. Now, I'm not saying they're going to step up and knock off Bonners Ferry, but I think that is one that could potentially uh, be an upset in that first round. Uh, Marsh Valley, very, very scrappy team. One thing about Marsh Valley, and I've watched them three times this year, Marsh Valley will not lose a game because they got outworked. Marsh Valley will outwork almost anybody they play. If they lose, they're not a tall team. If they lose, maybe it's because they just got beat by a better team, you know. But Marsh Valley is going to test everything you have. And you look at that first round against Filer, a team that Rob Anderson has playing extremely well. Um, that's a very interesting <laughs> matchup as well. And could and and again, I'm not saying Marsh Valley wins that, but Marsh Valley is good enough to step up and make a really solid game out of Filer. Yep. Uh, Isaac Bowman in the chat says coming out of the most competitive district in 3A, Marsh Valley could potentially make a run on the bottom half of the bracket. Mm -hmm. Should be a competitive tournament overall for sure. Uh, here's a shout out for the Homedale Trojans for Lucas Hall. Uh, Matthew Arnold says Teton got rolled by Cole Valley and then McCall Donnelly beat Cole Valley. Logan, this is an exercise you love doing. Team A beat Team B. I do. And I do. By the way, you can trace um, the College of Idaho to beating UConn this year, which is awesome, right? Um, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. I will throw money down on that right now. <laughs> All right, Lance, let's do it. Uh, no, so um, I mean, yeah. If you look at it right, you, you think that I mean McCall is really good, and that's why it surprises me that they, they came where they came, right, and at this, this seed, a, a four seed. But here's the worry that I have with um, with with McCall Donnelly, right, is that the league was not as competitive as it has been in the past. It is what it is, right? You saw Fruitland go to their play-in game against Kimberly and get walloped, right? And Fruitland was a team that was there – now, granted, McCall Donnelly did kind of run away with the district, right? District 3, they were in control of the SRV. Really wasn't ever a doubt that they were going to come away with it. But it is, who are you playing during the you know during this last month of the season versus who were they playing the last month of the season? And, you know, a, a team like Eton has had to go up against Sugar, has been going up against Snake River throughout the season and, you know, has had these punches and, and going lately. Uh, while McCall Donnelly, maybe not as much lately. That would be my only um thing to look at there and and Teton it, they are just a fast team and I know I love to play that game Brandon but it really is based on matchups right so you know you might have a matchup that doesn't exactly fit in one game but it helps you in another game so it's just it's going to be awesome I think that I can't believe that game is a first round game it's going to be like way to way to kick off the tournament pretty remarkable Let, let's talk about the top two seeds here's a shout out from alicia higginson snake river go luke higginson he crossed a thousand points in his career earlier this year of course they've got marcus coombs uh the son of head coach robert coombs uh kind of quietly he he doesn't like to um boast about his accolades lance but he's he's very quietly like one of the greatest coaches in idaho history i mean he's well won i'll over tell you what 
I, I know most of these coaches at the three, a level, and I know most of them personally. Um, and, and, and you guys know how highly I regard all of them, but especially Bob Coombs. <laughs> I mean, Bob is one of those guys that, um, I love the way he coaches. Bob is an accountability coach and he's a coach that, that demands high execution and high discipline from his teams and his teams respond with that. I mean, you, you see years where obviously this year they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of size, a lot of balance on this team, but you see how competitive Bob's teams are even on years when they maybe don't have a lot of talent or don't have as much talent as they had this year. Bob Coons is to me, the guy that that that, that kind of stands out, you know, amongst that group, uh, uh, and I just I, I've always loved the way that Bob coaches. I love his teams, and and you know, frank, frankly, I think it's Snake River's tournament to lose. Uh, I mean, Snake River, this is a team that was not only good to start the season; they got better as the season went on. When you look at the size of their team and the things that they can do in a Luke Higginson that is that is such a great player. Uh, you know, Coombs, it's only a junior and it c- continues to get better. You know, you look at, at uh, Keaton Kessler with that group as well. This is a great team. And then you add that with a coach like Bob Coombs. He's <laughs> a great coach. I mean, that's a that's a tough double-edged sword for any other team to overcome. I mean, he's got over 500 career wins. I don't know if anybody else in Idaho can even make that claim. It's just incredible to think about. Um, Logan, on the other hand, the other big favorite coming in is Bonner's Ferry. Here's Bo Bateman, Bonner's Ferry bouncing back. Trey Bateman going to show out. And here's Ryan Skaggs from North Idaho. Asher Williams is him. Ryan. <laughs> I was, I was when, when we were going, I was looking over stuff today, looking at these teams. And man, I last year, we 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 don't have Sugar Salem here in the room this time, right? It's everybody else's turn, and they they were the team last year that had a lot of those older guys. And and I'm looking at their rosters, and everybody's back. All these big names that we saw last year in the tournament play big minutes are all back. And that Snake River Bonners Ferry game, I don't know if you remember it, Lance, but that was one of the best games, a semifinal game. There was a controversial uh, goal ten, you know, it came down to the very end. I don't think that play mattered because they tipped the ball right back in. I don't know if it actually mattered, but that's that's water under the bridge. But that you know, by the way, if, Bob if those was two, right on that. By the way, he was if right. Those two, if those two, if those two collide for a state championship game, it's going to be awesome. I mean, they have so many great players. Bonner Ferry, like like Asher Williams, like they said there, the yeah. you know the Batemans, right? It is. It, it's going to be a dogfight, and anybody, it, it's it's going to be great. <laughs> I well, think Bonner Ferry. Honestly, has the I don't want to say that, but I think they've got the quote easier path down there than, than I look up top because I think that four or five winner is going to be a very tough out for um for Snake River. Not that Snake River can't handle it, just saying like I think that that game will be more competitive that that though that team there. Um, but man, Bonner's Ferry, I, I don't see a reason why we won't see them in the championship game. I don't, you know, based on what we've seen. Uh, throughout the year, what we saw last year at state, uh, they they don't leave any doubt in my mind that they could get it done again. Yeah, they've lost three times this year to five A Quarter Lane, who's at state. Five A Lake game too, right? Five A Lake City by four, they're at state, yeah. and West Valley High from Spokane by a single point, and they have played Sandpoint, who's at state. Lakeside twice. They have played Pullman from Washington, who's no slouch. They they are battle tested and they're ready to go. This Bonners Ferry team is really good. Um, 
McCall getting some more love. Here's Lindsey Green. Watch out for McCall Donnelly. And we also had on Instagram, guys, uh, a shout out as well from uh, Shannon Kershaw 79. McCall Donnelly is hungry and wants this win. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Let's put this bracket back up on the screen, guys. We've, we've kind of identified Snake River, Bonners Ferry. Lance, I know Filer is a team you really like a lot as well. Um, and that would be kind of, I think, the next team if you're looking at potential championship picks. Yeah, you know, Filer, Filer won their first game of the season, lost five straight after that. And I watched them lose to a Sugar team in Sugar. And then they won every game since then. <laughs> they are a very, very good team. Mm -hmm. Rob Anderson, fantastic coach. Of course, coached at uh, Teton for a number of years. Went out to Thermopolis, Wyoming. Uh, came back, uh, you know, coach to Idaho, coaching a fighter. Just doing a, a fantastic job for them. Uh, I think they are are a team that could. Having said that, I think it comes down to Snake River uh, and Bonners Ferry. I I think Bonners Ferry. If there is a team that could potentially beat Snake River, I think it is Bonners Ferry even though I still think Snake River is the best team and, and it's theirs to you to lose. Bonner's Ferry is such a very good team. Look what Coach Williams has done. I love those Bonner Ferry kids. You know, of course, I love the kids from most of these teams anyway. They're just great, great kids. I've got to know a lot of them. But those Bonner's Ferry kids, I've watched this group since they were just freshmen, since they were young, you know, and and you see what Coach Williams has done with them. Uh, you know, the, the hard thing with, with uh, Snake River is can you overcome not only that skill but that size, you know, I think Bonners Ferry matches up with anybody and probably better than most when it comes to skill, but the sheer size of a Snake River team. And again, coached by, you know, who I think, you know, the great Bob Coombs uh, makes them a specialty. For sure. Uh, Logan, let's take a look at our 3A players to watch here. We picked one from each squad, and then I want you to kind of give me one guy you're going to be keeping an eye on this weekend. We picked one from each team, just kind of a jumping off point. Asher Williams is him from Bonner's Ferry, as Ryan Skaggs said. Carson Lemoyne from Filer. He was at Wendell last year, transferred in, and Filer's glad to have him. He's got size, and he's got ball handling skill. Uh, Danny Lamelli from Homedale. Jacob Cummins from Kimberly missed a, a chunk of the season with injury. He's back in the fold now. Justice Whitworth of Marsh Valley. He does the dirty work inside, basically, for an undersized Eagles team. Uh, Mike Foster, the big man for McCall Donnelly. He's going to be important, matching up with Ty Brown of Teton in that opening round. And then we have Luke Higginson from Snake River as well. Who's one guy you're excited to see? Man, I, you know, I look at it and I've seen pretty much everybody here play either football or basketball or both. Um, so, you know, you, you look up and down and, and we've seen a lot of these guys and last year or in football, um, Asher Williams, he was a guy that, that could just take over when, when it needed to be done. And he's a guy that, that could easily step up and win the MVP award. Also, you know, Luke Higginson, this is a kid that if he gets hot, watch out on the season coming in, he's hit 43, three pointers. He's shooting uh 36% percent behind the arc this is a guy that if he gets hot he could push a team to a state championship from behind the arc so I, I would i'll give you two i would look out for those two lance who you got well uh, i mean obviously i've watched a lot of these kids play but the ones that i haven't watched play that i'm excited to see uh that i haven't watched play uh, is foster from mccall and of course Ash asher williams from bonners ferry watched asher since he was just just a youngster and, uh, you, you know, that old Norman Rockwell painting of those five basketball players standing around, you got like the really skinny one, you know, the short one stuff that kid 
was in that picture. He was just, I, I mean, to me, he was in that picture. He was just that kid that just came in as kind of that skinny freshman kid and stuff and just turned into this fantastic ball player. You know, he's just a, he's a fun kid to watch. And again, uh, very well coached as well. Yep. That's a good list. A uh, couple more comments for McCall Donnelly before we hit the door. Uh, Lindsay, again, Logan says, I agree uh, talking about it's based on matchups. You can't really look at, well, this team beat this team. Um, and so he says he, he agrees with you, but at the same time, he still thinks McCall is legit. And here's Matthew Arnold. Um, he says, watch out for Sam Penny from McCall Donnelly as well. He's going to be a problem for everyone in this tournament. We could have easily put Sam Penny on our list. I went with Mike Foster only because Logan, I think whoever wins that battle underneath between Ty Brown of Teton and Mike Foster of McCall Donnelly, I think whoever wins that matchup inside wins the game. Yeah. Uh, by I, the way, you know, it, this is good. It, that game could be a state championship on its own. I feel like, like there is so much to look at in tip off. Number one, like this isn't, a, this isn't even Thursday night. This is Thursday at noon. Uh, we're getting it started off right at the three a go ahead, Lance. Uh, you notice the smile on my face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. BYU is just about to knock off Kansas with 17 seconds on the clock. I just want oh, to put that out there. Speaking of it, doesn't matter who has beat who and who hasn't. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. On, on the list of things I, I couldn't care less about. That's not just kidding. Uh, Lindsay Grace college of Idaho to beating them too, Lance. So yeah, I know. We'll see. I've already given Logan a hard time because my Cougars knocked off his wolf back earlier this year by like almost 30. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, I on, sick, but I'll tell you the most important thing on our plate right now is this three, a tournament coming up and yeah. Logan and I are pumped. We have a fun time with this tournament and any of you that are out there, come up and say hi to us. We, we love it. We love talking to fans. Uh, we can't pick every team to win it, but uh, we we love these teams that are coming in. We respect the coaches, respect the players, and we love the fan bases. Please come up and say hello. Yep. Okay, Lindsay gets the last word. I see another Snake River McCall matchup similar to the 21 and 22 seasons. A lot of old, familiar faces at this yeah. 3A tournament, including Logan Green and Lance Taylor. Back at 3A, <laughs> second year in a row, a Logan. all this time. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys, excited to hear you on the call for the 3A state tournament. Uh, at Meridian High School. Let's go, Filer. Go, Dad, from Tigro 215 uh, as well. So this is going to be at Meridian High School on idahosports.com. Logan and Lance, thank you as always. We'll take a break and come back with our 4A state tournament preview. It's on the other side of this break. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on idahosports.com. Dear all-wheel drive, let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. Time to chop it up with the 4A State Basketball Tournament. Let's bring in Clay Hatfield. He's going to be part of the broadcast crew for our 4A tournament coverage on IdahoSports.com from Rocky Mountain High School. Clay, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Where's Scott? I have no idea. I don't know. I... All right. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can get Scotty in here. Oh, yeah, here he is. Scott, you're a little late to the party. Well, you know what? I've been sitting here watching the whole thing, but I forgot to enter the studio. Nice of you to join us, Scott. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Scott Burton and Clay Hatfield will be on the call for the 4A State Tournament on IdahoSports.com from 
Rocky Mountain High School. Let's take a look at this 4A bracket, guys. Um, and then you tell me your initial thoughts on this thing. We'll start it right away, of course, with the four versus five Ridgeview and Twin Falls. Very interesting first round matchup between um, two teams that really had to fight tooth and nail to get here. Pocatello, the one seed, they're going to play Sandpoint, the eight, Hillcrest, the two, Blackfoot, the seven, and then three versus six, Bishop Kelly and Minico Clay. Since you were actually on time, I'll give you the opening <laughs> lob here. And you, you tell me what, what's the first thing that jumps out to you in this bracket? Well, it's the Ridgeview Twin Falls game. I'm really look, looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I teach it. I teach at Ridgeview, so I'm kind of a uh, being a homer on this one. But I've talked to some of the players, and they're they're definitely jacked about this matchup, and I am too. I think it could be the the game of the day for us. Scott, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? Well, when you look at the entire tournament, the thing that jumps out to me is a three peat in the championship. I mean, it's a collision course. Now, you want to get past the first round and you want to look at those games. Um, you know what? I, I am interested in that Bishop Kelly Minico game. Um, I, I think Pocatello and Hillcrest are by far the top two teams in this tournament. But when you get to number three and you're going to go against Minico that's got some size and some physicality. It's going to be the size and the slow pace and the defense and the physicality of Minico taking on just a bunch of athletes that Bishop Kelly trots out onto the floor every year. So first round matchup, probably that one, but the overall tournament, I mean, you can't help but see another collision course for the third year in a row. Sean Kane is the host of the East Idaho Prepcast on idahosports.com. Really going out on a limb here, guys. Bold prediction. Someone from East Idaho is going to win 4A, and Scott is on time for the championship call. <laughs> well, take, yeah, take the under on that one, though, because stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. I blew a tire one year, Brandon, before uh, before you came on, on board with us, and um, I had to have somebody come and get me off the freeway, and I think it was Lauren, and drove me a hundred miles an hour to the Idaho center. And I grabbed my headset just as the ball was getting tipped off. And here we go. It's the 4A state title game. Really quick, really quick. Who changed your flat tire? I'll leave you with that. <laughs> okay. That might be <laughs> Scott. You want to fess up quickly? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so I left the vehicle there and it was actually a buddy of mine's car and he called AAA. And so he, you know, I left and he said, just leave it there. I'll have AAA come change it. Well, after the game, Lauren took me back and um, I walk up to the car and somebody's changing it, but I walked by and there's like two little kids in the car that stopped to change the tire. Right. And the person is kind of underneath. I can't really see him. And I walk up and I go, Hey, excuse me. And it was a lady that was independently contracted by AAA. She brought her two little kids with her and she was pregnant. And wow. so I'm standing there in my suit watching all of this go down. And, uh, and I, I turned to her and I said, do I just give you my man card right now? <laughs> she, she just laughed and she finished uh, working on my car and, uh, and off she went and I felt, uh, very worthy. Okay. 
Well, that was a good story. Good detour, but we'll get back on the freeway here into this 4A bracket. I don't think I'm qualified to do this tournament anymore. <laughs> yeah, just turn it in. Uh, CR says Scott is 100% correct. Pokey and Hillcrest, a lock. Jordan Reed says, let's go. Spartans peaking at the right time. Clay, Minico came into districts as the number four seed. They knocked out Canyon Ridge. In the championship, Canyon Ridge, the one seed, didn't even get to state. They turned around and lost to Twin Falls uh, in the Crosstown Showdown uh, last Friday night. So we've got a number one regular season district champ that's not even here, Clay. Uh-oh, Clay may have frozen, or maybe he oh, can't you broke up it. a little bit. Did I freeze? Oh. Yeah, you, you froze up a little bit there on my end. You're good. Hey, so I was talking about minico and and how they got to state they took out canyon ridge in the district championship yeah. and then canyon ridge didn't even get there they lost to twin falls yeah and i got to see canyon ridge earlier this year play against ridgeview and i thought canyon ridge had that conference locked up for sure and to see them fall to a four seed and that was something else and then like you said didn't have to go into that consolation game against twin falls and not even make it out of that that's that's got to be a disappointing end to that uh, to a great season for Canyon Ridge. But you know, Minico Twin Falls did what they had to do to get to the tournament, and they're here. I guess if you're Minico, you pop that collar up because the last time Minico won two district titles in a row was the late '80s. So they're they're partying like it's the late <laughs> '80s over there in in Rupert. Um, Scott, here's a comment from Carly from a diehard Pocatello alumni fan and coach absolutely atrocious that Preston isn't at state. Something's got to give about how we set up these state brackets. That said, go Thunder. I think there yep. was a clear top three in 4A hoops this year. It was Hillcrest, Pocatello, and Preston. Preston yeah. swept Pokey in the regular season. They went to the yeah. pit and beat Pokey, which just doesn't happen. And then Pokey turned the tables on Preston at districts, went to Preston, won the first game, then defended their home floor, and we we knew this was coming to a head. A really good team was going to be left out this year. Oh, yeah, you know what? I mean, this I mean, Preston was 1, 2 and 3 all year, and you when you ask something and I this is I thought about this today, when you ask what jumps out at me, it's the lack of Preston. Um, for the second year in a row, they are sitting home as one of the best teams in the tournament. And if you want to get somehow the best teams there, you got to figure this out because Right now, that particular conference is a flagship cry for an expanded tournament or something to change because it is, I mean, really, it's an injustice that Preston is sitting home when they are one of the top two or three teams in the state, without a doubt. And I agree with uh, our listener. Uh, they should be there somehow. Yep. And Joel says, expand the tournament. Scott, I will point out, you're a 4A athletic director. Clay, you work at a 4A school as well in Ridgeview. Uh 4A is the only classification that didn't have any play-in games to state this year. That's second year in a row they've done that. Yeah. yeah well, I think if you look at kind of that particular situation, it begs for one. You know, um, if if you are going to have some teams that are in these conferences that are worthy of being there, and, and no disrespect to, you know, the others that got there, that got hot at the right time or come from weaker conferences, those things are going to happen. But I think there's going to come a point where you have to sit and you have to go human element. All right, we got some teams here. Let's give them a shot because we want the best teams in the field. Um, so I, I don't know. It's always going to be a discussion point. Yep. And 
by virtue of Pocatello beating Preston so many times at districts, that vaulted them ahead of Hillcrest for that number one seed overall as well. I know people are yeah. saying, ah, Hillcrest should be the one seed. It's really semantics. I don't think it matters that much in the scheme yeah. of things. But uh, yeah. Clive says lots of conferences need the expansion for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's, <laughs> here's Shug in case Scott needs a pregnant <laughs> woman to make his picks too. My wife says, go with Pokey Hillcrest. <laughs> oh man. Thanks. Appreciate that. Bravo. I'm going to go with Pokey Hillcrest. That's funny. Uh, Clay, you talked about Ridgeview at state. I, I believe this is their first trip in school history, correct? First one, first, first district title, first trip. Um, the school only opened up in 2016. Um, next year they're moving up to 6A, so this could be their, you know, their one shot at doing something at state for for quite a while to come. Yeah, you know what? And big shout out transition. to uh, big shout out to head coach uh, Daniel Vantu in his third year, uh, getting this thing going because I mean coming into yeah. that district tournament game they had never beaten Bishop Kelly. They were 0 and 20, and yeah, 0 20 got off the snide first winning season in in school history, first you know conference title. Um, but you know, you look at that and you think, okay, they're just kind of tiptoeing into the tournament, but really they have got a really good complement of players in the paint. You know, when you take bulls and tiddens, uh, they've got some size and they can score. And we've talked about this quite a bit. If you are going to be successful at the state tournament, sure. It helps to have shooters, but you have got to have presence in the paint. You have to score at the rim. And this Ridgeview team has got a couple of big dudes that can do that. And looking at the bottom half of the bracket here, Clay, Bishop Kelly and Minico, those are two teams that, you know, Minico's got size with Dominic Soto and some other guys. And Bishop Kelly's got, you know, Rakeem Johnson, who's only 6'3", but I mean, he's a Division One offensive lineman for crying out loud. He is the enforcer yeah. in the middle for BK. <laughs> yeah, going to Michigan State. So congratulations to that young man. But uh, I think if there's going to be an upset in the first round, it's going to be that 3-6. I think Minico is, is hot at the right time. I think they're playing well right now. They have the size, mm-hmm. like you said. Bishop Kelly might be still reeling a little bit from from losing that uh, district championship. So if, if I think there's going to be an upset, I think that's going to be that 3-6 matchup right there. And Scott, Minico kind of leans into that right there. They have been the premier football team in District 4 for the last several years, and it's a lot of those football guys, and they go, hey, mm-hmm. we we know we're football guys playing hoops. Let's lean into it. Let's be tough. Let's be physical. And their first-year coach, Doug Manning, longtime assistant, they, they've kind of identified and, and adopted that mantra, and it's worked for them. Well, it, it is. And, you know, football sets the tone for really most of the year in boys sports. Uh, the attitude, the atmosphere – the, the toughness, and this is what this Minico team does have is they are tough. They're big, they're physical, they play defense. I mean, they still have that mentality with, you know, Brady Trinkle was their coach last year. Doug Manning was his assistant. Now Manning is the guy, and it's really just kind of more getting used to each other, but that physicality is there for uh, Minico. And once they kind of got rolling and gelling, they got it figured out, and they've got a couple of pieces on the guard line um, that can really help them out. I mean, Riker Stimson can sh- flat out shoot the ball and get it done, and he can get hot at any time. And you factor in, you know, a couple of the Waymans in there as well. They've got a decent guard line, but they're going to need Soto inside to make a difference. You know, at the rim, not just being a rim protector defensively, but he's going to have to score some points as well. And then the other thing that Minico is going to have to be careful of 
is they're not very deep on the guard line. If they get themselves into a little bit of foul trouble or whatever the case is on the guard line, there's not a whole lot of people lined up uh, next man up on that guard line for Minico. But, but you're right, Clay. They come in playing as well as anybody um, being the four seed out of this conference and then just all of a sudden catching fire, lightning in a bottle, and boom, they're district champs. Yeah, and Bishop Kelly has guards out the wazoo, right? Cooper Cammon and Mason Subo Moret yeah. and just all these all these guys. And they did go 18 and five this year. You know, that's nothing yeah. to sneeze at either. Um, Courtney says she's with you, Clay. Three over the six. Now she says she might be biased. She's got two oh. sons starting for Minico, Car- Carson and Nate Wayman. So yeah. yeah. And those are a couple of guys that can really do some damage. Um, you know, for Minico. I mean, they are they're some good players. Yep, for sure. And how about this, guys? Coach Daniel Vint from Ridgeview in the chat. Go Warhawks. Appreciate the coverage. Thanks a lot, Coach Vint. We appreciate it. Um, Okay, guys, let's take a look at our our 4A players to watch. We picked one guy from each team just as a starting point of conversation here. Um, And I want to pick your brains on who you're most excited to see this weekend. But here's what we got for the list. Rakeem Johnson from Bishop Kelly, we mentioned. Colby Bodkin from Blackfoot. We haven't really talked about Blackfoot and Sandpoint. They come in as the seven and eight seeds, really playing with nothing to lose. Uh, Isaac Davis from Hillcrest, of course. I feel like he's been at state for like 20 years now. He's been there since his freshman year. He's finally a senior. Riker Stimson from Minico. Julian Bowie from Pocatello, the Boise State commit. Tucker Tiddens from Ridgeview. Parker Childs from Sandpoint. He's a coach's kid. Brian Childs, the head coach there. And then Jared Mix from Twin Falls. Clay, who's one guy you're really excited to watch at this tournament? I'm excited to see Tucker Tiddens from Ridgeview. Um, Not just because I'm a Ridgeview guy. Homer. but I think I know. <laughs> but I think I think if he can put Ridgeview on his shoulders, you know, they could be the dark horse of this tournament. Okay, uh, Scott, you got a guy you're looking forward to seeing? You know what? I, gosh, dang it! I got to go with Mister Obvious, and that's uh, that's going to be Isaac Davis, followed by Julian Bowie. You know, I I was on the call last year in the state title game. I was on the call two years ago for the state title game between these guys. And I've just watched these two duke it out and Hillcrest has won them both. And when they won two years ago, we all looked at each other and just said, this is going to be the same game next year and maybe the next year. And boy, we were absolutely right because it's centered around Isaac Davis and Julian Bowie. And, and here we are Davis, arguably one of the best, big men in the in the state i mean he's headed to byu to play and uh, i mean he doesn't score a ton but he's he does so many other things i mean he's six seven his court vision and iq are off the charts he passes well at, i mean probably the best passing big man in the tournament and then you get a guy like julian bowie and we watched him single-handedly put his team on his back and just start bombing away. I mean, Boise State got him for a reason, you know? So when you look at those players, I'm, I'm really looking at those two in the title game. Gosh, and I'm not dismissing anybody else, but, I mean, it's hard to to ignore that. And Tiddens was another guy I had my eye on, too, because I'm really interested to see kind of how that size uh, plays a part in this tournament because size in the paint matters. And along those lines, I think the most important guy in this whole tournament is Gage Ontiveros for Pocatello. He's 6'10". Yeah. Last, la- he, he started his career at Burley, moved to Pokey last year. Last year, he was just a tall guy. 
He's mm-hmm. developed some skill this year. Has he elevated his game enough to neutralize Isaac Davis if those teams meet up again? And that's going to be the big X factor, I think. Yes, and you, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember watching that game last year, and really it did come down to Isaac Davis versus Ontiveros in the paint. And Davis was just a man-child. I mean, just physically stronger yeah. and just had his way. Um, Ontiveros was tall, but he didn't have the stature to stand up to a guy like Davis. But I think this year he's gotten better. You know, I mean, he was able to to really play a part offensively for Pocatello. Um, in fact, I mean, he dumped uh, 30 versus Highland this year, and he's a guy that can carry them at times. And so he has gotten better, and that matchup right there, if it happens, is going to be really a fun one to watch. Yep. Shout out to Ike Sutton from Hillcrest too. Fast and really the commander of the team. That's from Joel, who did a couple of Hillcrest games for us this year on idahosports.com. So he would know for Mm -hmm. sure. All right. It's going to be a really fun 4A tournament. Rocky Mountain High School, the site. Scott Burton, Clay Hatfield, looking forward to your coverage on idahosports.com. Thanks for stopping by to break down the 4A brackets. All right. Thanks for having us out. All right. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll take one final break and come back with the 5A state tournament breakdown right after this break. You're watching the 2024 Idaho High School Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special on IdahoSports.com. Dear all-wheel drive, let's show the road what we've got. Yours, Toyota. Toyota has 22 all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive vehicles, more than any other brand. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com Boys Basketball State Tournament Preview Special. One final classification to knock out here. It's our Class 5A breakdown. Let's bring in our broadcast team, Lucas Gebhardt and Ryan Luke. Lucas, where are you broadcasting from? Like your closet or something? Where are you at? It's uh, it's bachelor night tonight, Brandon, so I've been exiled to the uh, bedroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, hey priorities right uh, yep, exactly <laughs> we'll find out who we'll find out who gets the rose at the end of this 5a state tournament um ryan good to see you as well in case you were wondering i'm in my office <laughs> <laughs> yes looks a little more professional for sure you got some nice artwork on the back wall there too it looks really that's right nice. yeah all that's right guys we can go as long as we want. You know, usually we we lead the show with 5A, and so we're like, okay, we got to stay on schedule. But, I mean, we could talk for three hours. No, we're not going to go that long. We we will take all your comments, though. If you're a 5A diehard and you want to give your favorite player, your favorite team, your favorite coach a shout-out, you want to ask us a question, throw it in the chat. We'll throw it up on the screen, and uh, we'll, we'll chop it up with all the 5A fans. Let's take a look at this 5A bracket. Um, and, and start breaking it down. These games will take place at the Ford Idaho Center, uh, and then we'll have some consolation games at Rocky Mountain and Ridgeview as well. Right away, four versus five, Madison and Capital, and then it's number one, Owyhee, and number eight, Middleton. Uh, district rivals there from the Southern Idaho Conference. Uh, district rivals in the two versus seven, Coeur d'Alene and Lake City. That was the girls' championship. It's a boys' first-round matchup. And then the three and six, Timberline and Eagle. Uh, Ryan, what is the top thing that jumps out to you when you look at this bracket? It's well, I guess the top thing that, that to me, when I look at the top half of the bracket, it's gotta be the fact that Hawaii could play Madison in the semifinal. I mean, that is, or in the, in, in the second round, it would be to me, that's, that's, those are two colossals. Those are two Titans. 
that have, bring a ton of experience and some of the top players in the state. And we get the the pleasure. In fact, I would even argue the top four teams in terms of rankings, those top four teams, and I don't want to say they're interchangeable because you'll get my thoughts a little bit more on that, but the fact that we can get a second round matchup between Madison and Hawaii, I mean, get ready to live, guys. Yeah, and here you see the call right here. 5A fans, tell us your thoughts of how the 5A bracket was seeded. Sean Kane says Madison should be a two. And he also adds, hard to understand Max Preps in the 5A bracket. Nonetheless, should be fantastic games. Um, Lucas, what's the top thing that jumps out to you when you look at the bracket? Well, you know, kind of the same thing that, that stood out to Sean there. How in the world is Madison a four seed? <laughs> how good is this bracket when you have Madison who, who comes into state with a 22-2 and two record and their two losses are to Owyhee and Coronia Centennial, which is out of California and a dang good California team. That's it. Those are their only two losses. And, you know, I, I get it. They they played Owyhee back in December, and, but they played Coronia Centennial pretty close. Um, Owyhee blew them out, but I think, you know, a, a second-round matchup with the Storm I think will be much closer than that first matchup they had and and that game technically i guess in neutral court as it was in a tournament but that was played at a Waihe high school so how does that play out again on, on a neutral floor potentially um but you know you you look at this madison team and i i think this is madison has a legitimate shot to win this tournament and i think you you look at how this bracket is is stacked up and uh, you know well why he is 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 a Waihe and they're, they're number one for a reason. They've been the number one team in, in Idaho for the entire year for a reason. But to me, I look at the top half of this bracket and that is one of the worst ways that could play out for a Waihe. Cause you have compelling, a very compelling matchup with Middleton who their old coach used to coach at Middleton. Middleton's kind of coming in playing with, with house money a little bit here. And they were picked to finish, I think 10th in the SIC 10 out of 13 teams in the SIC to, to begin this season. Now here they are um, in the state tournament. Uh, Middleton has already beaten Meridian, which was a top five team. Meridian's two and out at the district tournament. So they're not in the state tournament, but Meridian was, was a really good team and Middleton already beat them. So I think that's a really compelling matchup in that quarterfinal matchup. And then if Hawaii does get past Middleton, well, here comes Madison, which as you can see in the comments, some people think of Madison, and I'm I'm one of them too. I think Madison's the second best team in this tournament, and that's potentially a, a semifinals matchup. Yeah, a lot of comments to get to here, right? And then I'll bring in Joel says, agreed. Madison, a strong four seed. Saw those dudes play, and they hit everything. They're fast in transition, strong down low. Very few weaknesses. CR leans the other way. He says, good basketball, a lot of talent. Will be fun to watch. However... No suspense in this tourney, unfortunately. A why he breezes through. I don't know. Nate says, how packed will the Idaho Center become Friday night when it's a he versus Madison? Yeah, that's going to be standing room only. Michelle Apple, Max Preps is the worst on feeding. Riker Apple, of course, a key player for Middleton. And a good reminder, Middleton, uh, you know, why he only beat Middleton by 11 points in the regular season. That SIC tournament, Ryan, was bananas. You had... Uh, number two, Meridian, go two and out. Getting auto bids were number one, Owyhee, and number three, Timberline. That makes sense. But then number six, Capital, and number eight, Middleton. Lucas, you talked about Middleton was picked 10th in the preseason. They took eighth in the regular season as an eight seed. They got to the semifinals. Ryan, 
the SIC was a jumbled up mess this year, and we have some really good teams that are stuck at home and some really good battle-tested teams that are here at State competing also. Yeah, and the SIC top to bottom plays phenomenal basketball. And, and it was not only because I was just looking at the rosters and doing the analysis and looking at the data, they're all kind of the same size. They have a 6'6 guy, they have a 6'5 guy, there might be a 6'7 guy here and there, but they're all about the same. But they really do play a good brand of basketball. And the thing that I want to point out is this is not just a one-on-one matchup game. It's not like, a hey, you know what? clear out let me take them on everybody moves without the ball really really well i did a k i did a capital game at the beginning of the season there was a preseason tournament right around christmas time and i saw baker city come in and just thump capital i mean thumped them they made them look bad these are little farm boys not even little but they made capital look bad since that time capital has turned around and got hot at the right time specifically in the sic tournament and eagles a team that if we're looking at it i think they're the ones that's going to be the least talked about eagle always has talent this is the fifth time in a row they're in the state tournament. Um, they have a 6'7 and a 6'6. Cal Hewish, a big football guy. Uh, he plays like a beast down low for him. But he's not going to get a lot of attention. Why? Because Eagle is yet to put something together and make a strong run. I don't know if they do it this year, but I think that that's one of those uh, matchups that we have to watch out for. Um, and then getting back to the whole SIC thing, honestly, it's it's the team, and then it's the rest of them could have been interchangeable. Now, you want a little, let's talk a little controversy here real quick. So on Sunday, I was talking to one of the players from, and I'm not going to name names, uh, from Middleton, and he got a text from the coach saying, hey, hold on. We don't know if the max preps rankings are right because some of the inputs were wrong. And that goes back to the whole, is max preps the best way to go? Could we put something together? Because if you look at the algorithm that they used to define it, to stack the rankings, it wouldn't be that hard to ha- to do it at the state level or to do it you know, however level you want to do it, because they, they measure three teams deep, win versus win versus win, uh, the matchups three deep, and then they go the wins, losses versus those teams. So I think theoretically we could do that. Now, my my option for all those people, and, and during the foray we talked about this, uh, you look at Preston got left out, right? And in this case, I'd say Meridian was probably your best team to get left out in this case. There needs to be an at-large poll committee bid of some sorts to get a team in because then then you get meridian who always 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 plays well in the tournament now i think at 5a i feel less bad for meridian because i mean district three does get up to six bids potentially to get to say if you can't be one of the six best you know and and they had a couple of just tight games and i don't know what happened there okay let's talk about a why he here lucas where you and I did the 5A state tournament last year. We sat there and, and said the same thing coming in. Hey, Hawaii is kind of the favorite. You know, Lake City also is very good. And Hawaii played Meridian in the first round and got tight in the fourth quarter. This was the last tournament before a shot clock was implemented. They actually started stalling in the fourth quarter, which was very yeah, unusual yeah. to see. And they lost right away in the opening round. Um it was it was shocking to see, and almost like last year where Lake City was upset by Centennial two years ago and then came back and won the title, I think that first-round loss last year will help fuel Hawaii a little bit this year. I I, I agree, yeah, and, and for whatever reason, it's always that, that first game that just kind of trips teams up for whatever reason, and that was, that was the spot Lake City was in a few years ago. That was the spot Hawaii was in um last year but you know here's the thing with having so many sic teams in this tournament i think we had six six sic teams in the tournament last year if i remember it right hawaii is is run through this regular season they've beat idaho opponents by almost 
30 points a game, right? So Hawaii is, is running through their opponents right now. But what happens when it's the second, third, fourth time you play the team? I mean, you've seen them before. You know their strengths and weaknesses, and especially you get a team like Middleton that sort of feels like they don't have a whole lot to lose here. They got a little chip on their shoulder, as Ryan talked about, with the max prep rankings, you know, uh, the old coach and, and all that kind of going into it. Um, that's why I think that is a really compelling first-round matchup for Hawaii. Now I'll say this. I think Hawaii is is going to come out and play some of their best basketball of, of the year during this tournament. And when Hawaii plays their best basketball, there's not a team in Idaho that can beat them. And I think a reason that they're going to do that is because of what happened to them last year. And I just – and this is almost a – Hawaii got better from last year. They return – Almost every, I think they return all five of their starters, right? And then they add two transfers in Logan Housefight, who was an all-state kid at Mountain View as a freshman last year. And then they also add another transfer in from Oregon, who was an all-conference player last year too. So, I mean, this team is, is just deep. And if they, if Waihee plays the way that they can play, they'll win this tournament. And, you know, but the question is, do, do they trip up? Do they hit that little bit of a lull and then find themselves in a, in a close game like they did last year? And if they find themselves in a close game, how do they react to it? Because they really haven't been in a ton of close games outside of, you know, a few games that they played back in December against some out-of-state teams. But, you know, can that pressure start to build against Hawaii and how do they react to it? You saw it a little bit in the, the district championship game where they played Timberline at Idaho Central Arena in downtown. Um, and I thought they reacted to that pretty well. So I would look for them to do something pretty similar here this weekend. Yeah, it was only an eight-point win over Timberline in that SIC championship last week at ICCU Arena there in downtown Boise. And, and we'll oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and they led by double digits at the time. And, and Timberline kind of made a little bit of a push. I think Timberline cut it to about five or six. But then Liam Campbell just hit a couple shots and back up to 10 and why he cruised. So, yeah. Uh, last point on the top half of the bracket, and then we'll get to the bottom. Madison. So last year, Lake City rolled to the title, right? Just dominated everybody. The one team that gave them gave them a push and gave them a fight was Madison, Lucas. If you remember in the semis last year, it was a seven, eight point game towards the end of the third quarter. And Madison just ran out of steam. They're not a particularly deep team, but man, the guys they have with Barrett Wilson inside and then Nash Humphreys, who's a spark plug out there at point guard. Um, Madison's very top heavy, but man, they got the talent to potentially, if it is them in Hawaii, I'd be very interested in that matchup. So, yeah, to yeah, totally agree. Yeah, they return all five stars. But again, like you said, it's, it's a three day tournament. You're playing three games in three days, assuming you win your first. So, um, I think last year they, they really only played six guys really last yeah. year and that six guy does only play in a couple minutes. So, well, yeah, was... Brandon, you make a good point too, because in Lucas, it's the same thing, right? In terms of death, because we saw this at the 4A, Lucas and I did the 4A girls tournament and Shelly rested everybody until the state championship game. And so they were fresh in that state championship game versus Skyview. And I think that you're going to see a little bit of that. If storms, if games start getting out of control, and again, we're going to talk about conditioning and what that looks like and how the players get to this point. But if it's a dogfight every single game and you have to put your top five, your 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 starting six, your six rotation, play them the whole time, that's going to play out on day three. So the question for for Owyhee in this situation or Madison or whoever runs it, but you know particularly those two, is how 
how much can they rest in those first that first round? That first game is going to be very indicative of what we're going to see down the road. If they can play some folks, you know, some of the other players and get them some rest time, I think that they'll be a little bit more fresh going into that state, you know, the state championship. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, management works for sure. Let's go to the bottom half of the bracket. Coeur d'Alene and Lake City, the two and the seven. Timberline and Eagle, the three and the six. Uh, a team that plays nine or ten guys pretty regularly night in, night out is Coeur d'Alene, the number two seed from the north. Coach John Adams has a system. They play full court pressure defense. They want to get you to commit. Uh, mistakes and turn the ball over and they they'll just run guys at you they have like a non-stop surplus of guys that come in off the bench to make life difficult for sure sam buffington in the in the chat says hi lucas also want to give a shout out to head coach john adams at quarter high school for guiding his vikings to the state tournament um lucas I think Coeur d'Alene is a team that it, they're kind of an unknown, right? They've kind of just been hanging out up north. They've played some really good Washington teams. Um, they've, they've played Lake City and, and Post Falls and Lewiston this year, but they're kind of the ultimate wild card in this tournament. Yeah, and you know, I think you, you talk to, to people up north and they kind of saw the changing of the guard up north a little bit with Lake City um, graduating just about – everyone from that state championship team last year and losing their head coach. Right. So I think some people in Northern Idaho kind of saw the writing on the wall with Coeur d'Alene taking control of the district this year. And that's exactly what happened. Coeur d'Alene is a legit team. Um, 20 and three coming into this uh, state tournament. They were an extremely well-traveled team. I thought it was interesting. They played high schools from five different States. They played high schools from Hawaii, Washington, California, Nevada, and Idaho. That you just don't see that a whole lot. So I thought that was kind of an interesting um, little tidbit. But here, here's my thing with, with Coeur d'Alene. I think experience is going to matter in this tournament. There is a There are a ton of teams that are back here for the second, third year in a row w- with their core players coming back with them. Owyhee's one of them. Madison is another. Timberline is another one. Um, Eagle returns a couple players as well. Um, whereas for Coeur d'Alene, they haven't been to the state tournament since 2012. So my my question there is how are they going to react to the big stage? Um, and, and that's kind of where the unknown is is for me. I think Coeur d'Alene's got a lot of talent. Um, and, but again, compelling first-round matchups. And they have Lake City, which is a team that they've already seen a couple times this year in the first round. So you know, Blake City's familiar with them, so they don't. Coeur d'Alene and these teams from up north sometimes have that little bit of an edge because they're usually matched up against an SIC school in that first-round matchup. Not the case this year. They're matched up against Lake City, who's playing some of their best basketball of the year right now. A couple of key guys to keep an eye on from Coeur d'Alene. Logan Orchard, probably going to be the Inland Empire League player of the year. He was kind of the preseason pick amongst the coaches. Gunnar Larson, great wing, can get to the basket and slash. Caden Simmons. His mom is Nicole Simmons. She just won a state championship on the girls side coaching the Coeur d'Alene girls. He's only a sophomore and, and he's a walking bucket. And then kind of their enforcer inside is Kai Wheeler. He's a football guy. He played linebacker on the football team and slot receiver. And he's a six, six, just brick house inside for the Vikings down though. Those are kind of some key guys to keep an eye on. And then Ryan, let's talk about Timberline because they've got, I think, I mean, Liam Campbell, of course, is is a great player. But in terms of pure scoring and shooting the ball, Alex Coe from Timberline, that dude can flat shoot. It's really fun to watch him play. 
Yeah, and Timberline's a culmination of years of putting it together. And you, it, from the specifically the Boise School District and grabbing players and getting it together. And Timberline put it together this year. In fact, we talked about the SIC championship game <clears throat> where they only lost by eight points. And I think that that is very indicative of this whole season because uh, Timberline does a lot of things really well. They can score when they need to score. They're 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 solid from the outside defensively. Uh, they play you tough. I mean, they're a very fundamentally sound team, and they have to go across the board. And that's what they have to be because uh, you know they play in the SIC. In order to succeed in the SIC, you really really have to do that well. Um, and so I like Timberline. I I don't you know I talked about my top four, and I said the top one obviously is going to be Waihe for me. But then we talked about Madison, Cordelaine, uh, and Timberline, and then kind of flip-flop those three. I don't know if Madison's a clear-cut number two seed. You know, should have been the potential clear-cut. Ended up with the number four. I think Timberline is that sneaky number two second-best team in the tournament. And if they put it all together, and they're the bottom half, I mean, we could end up seeing another SIC championship game in the state championship. Yeah, that would be a really fun atmosphere Saturday night at the Idaho Center uh, for sure. I feel pretty good about after district three got skunked in the girls tournaments. Like I feel pretty good. At least a couple are going to be there in the boys tournaments for sure. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a look at our five, a players to watch. We picked one from each school. I mean, we could have gone three, four, five guys deep, just kind of a starting point here, but here's what we came up with. Uh, David McNamara from Capitol, silky smooth forward underneath Logan Orchard from Coeur d'Alene, Russell Gibson, the point guard from Eagle Reese Strawn from Lake city. He was the sixth man on last year's championship team. And pretty much the only guy that's back this year, he's had to take on more of a load. Uh, Barrett Wilson from Madison, Riker Apple from Middleton, Liam Campbell, of course, the USC commit from Hawaii, and then Alex Coe from, that says Timberlake, Timberline is where he's at. Uh, Ryan, give me one guy you're most excited to see here in this tournament. Liam Campbell. Sorry, I'm boring. <laughs> I, I I just want to see, you know, on the biggest stage, how does he perform? And I, I, I have no doubt that he's going to elevate his game, but I think that, uh, you know, he's going to be playing in the Big Ten big 20 he's gonna be playing in the big 20 next year and so you know we got to see if he can ball out and quite frankly that's a representation i mean uh you have a couple of big guys uh hillcrest days isaac davis going to BYU, playing in the big 12 one of the best conferences out there see how he does that'll kind of give a litmus test to the idaho how we play basketball here and liam campbell playing in another fantastic conference uh, at usc that's jumping over to the big 10 slash 20 or whatever they are at this point. And uh, I, I just want to see how he performs on the biggest stage. Yeah, interesting point about the D1 players here because you, like you said, Isaac Davis, BYU, Big 12, uh, Liam Campbell, USC, now then the Big 10. And then we got a couple of Mountain West players, right? Julian Bowie from Pocatello committed to, to Boise State, BSU, and then Case Wynott from Lapway going to Utah State. So, you know, there's going to be some high-end talent on display at this state tournament for sure. Lucas, who's who's the guy you're most excited to see here? Yeah, um, there's all these teams are just so deep, right? So, you know, Capitals got four or five guys that could lead the team at scoring on any given night. Um, you know, Middleton kind of the same way. Um, Liam Campbell, you know, obvious choice. Uh, who's not excited to watch him? Um, I'm going to go Alex Coe for Timberline. And then for, for all the reasons that you kind of hit on, Brandon, we and I watched him last year in the state tournament. Um, just an electric scorer that can – uh, really keep Timberline in, in, in some games. And one thing we didn't touch on quite for Timberline too is uh, second best scoring defense in this tournament behind Hawaii. So 
that's just that's just another reason I'm with you guys. I like Timberline to potentially get to the state championship as well. Um, I'm going to go off the chart, though. I'm going to go Nash Humphreys from Madison. And I, I know you didn't have him on there. Um, we had Wilson on there. But Humphreys is a guy that can just carry this Madison offense, averages almost 20 points a game, three steals, and four and a half assists per game. So he, he kind of really – is, is a big reason that this Madison offense goes. Um, and the thing with Madison too, is we did, we didn't talk a lot about capital, but capital's deep. Capital's got four or five guys that, that can score. And like I said, they got four or five guys that can lead the capital in, in scoring it on any given night. And Ryan touched on it earlier that, um, you know, Shelly in our four, a tournament was able to, to manage their minutes a little bit. I'm not so sure that Madison's going to be able to do that on Thursday capitals, good team capitals, very deep. Um, so with that shorter lineup, you know, how, do, how do they play into Friday, Saturday, looking ahead to, to potential matchups. So um, I'm going to go Nash Humphreys. And if just because if you look towards a potential state semifinals matchup with the Waihee, I'd be excited to, to watch him just uh, sort of have, watch him try to keep pace with that Hawaii offense. Yeah, they go inside with, with Wilson all the time, but Humphreys is he could tee it up from the logo, man. He's he's got a good looking <laughs> shot. Um, and I think he's gonna make some pretty electrifying shots in this tournament. He's fearless. He's not the biggest guy on the court, but man, his heart is is yeah. bi- as big as anybody out there. Sean Kane says, Yeah, Nash is fun to watch, speed for days. And one last comment here from Instagram, guys, from a Madison fan. Uh, from MHS Bobcat Cards, Madison beating Pocatello by 25 and being ranked at four in 5A is crazy. So we'll we'll see. You know, hey, you're gonna have to take out a Waihee at some point along the way, anyways. You're just gonna get that opportunity one round earlier. Which I don't know. We talk about Madison and their lack of depth. I think you'd almost prefer to get a Waihee yep. out of the way early, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. Totally you totally yeah. you got to be fresh for him. So as fresh as you can be. So I think that's a, if you, it, it couldn't have played out better for Madison, if they had it, their right. pick. It's going to be a really fun five, a state tournament. Lucas uh, Gebhardt and Ryan Luke will be on the call for all of it from the Idaho center. It'll be really fun to, to see it all unfold this weekend here on IdahoSports.com. Gentlemen, as always, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Lucas, hopefully the bachelor's over by now. You can go back into your living room. I I think they're just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ryan, uh, have a fun time this weekend. Let's go. All right. Hey, big thanks to everybody that tuned in live tonight as well. And all the fans that contributed to the conversation. This is who we do it for. It's, it's for those parents, those athletes, those coaches, those fans statewide that just want to hear somebody break down what's going to happen at state. And, you know, we don't get all our predictions, right? Uh, but that's what it, it's, it's fun to break down the brackets and talk about the matchups. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all shakes out. Of course, IdahoSports.com is going to be your go-to place. You can tune into every single game for free. We have a constantly updating scoreboard. So you can kind of ping pong from game to game and scoreboard watch. I don't know if you guys do that. I I'm always doing that in the background while we're broadcasting at state. I'm checking in on scores from the other tournaments that, it gets to be a lot of fun this time of year, Lucas. Yeah, for sure. You know, I had a, had a blast doing 5A with you last year. It was a really fun tournament, especially Thursday. That's the thing with 5A, man. You just – you never know. All these all these SSU teams, like I said, they've seen each other just a billion times, and you just never know what's going to happen at State. So, um, yeah, it should, should be a lot of fun this weekend. 
For sure. One last request before we duck out of here. Not everybody could tune in live tonight. They're going to want to tune in tomorrow or maybe even Thursday morning as they're driving over. If you could hit that like button and share this when it's all said and done, everybody will be able to find it a little easier amongst all of their social media scrolling. But thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody, for Lucas and Ryan and Scott and Clay and Logan and Lance and Paul and Lauren and Gary and Glenn and Joel. I'm Brandon Bainey. And we will see you starting Thursday from all throughout the Treasure Valley for the Boys Basketball State Tournaments live and free on IdahoSports.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.